America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the Santa's Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org. I, of course, am the best-selling author of The Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio and The Gorilla Dispatch, Volumes 1 and 2, available at Amazon.com as well as Brushbeater.store. And there is a hell of a lot of new products that is up at Brushbeater.store as well as all of the course enrollments. That's right. So getting in on some of those uni courses, getting in on stuff that is not usually offered in most of the other corners of the tactical training sphere out there. You can get in on some very unique training opportunities. And based on the course reviews, a lot of really fun training activities as well. Stuff like communications, stuff like signals intelligence, stuff like what we're going to be talking about tonight. I, of course, am joined by a good friend of mine, a fellow instructor here with Brushbeater Training and Consulting, former signals intelligence collector for the United States Army and the National Security Agency, codenamed Madman Actual. What's up, brother? Howdy, howdy. I'm glad to be back. It's been a while, man. It has. It has. It's, I don't even remember the last podcast. Months. My son's Liberty. Well, yeah, that's true. The live <laughs> show, but that's just like a bunch of crazy banter. Yeah. The last time we did, it had to have been last year. It, mm. Yeah, I think it was. I it mean, had well, to have been. I don't maybe know. too many TBIs. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> <sighs> we'd be dead if they didn't force us to wear helmets. That's true. It's a fact, man. I didn't have to wear a helmet in the plane, actually. That's that's why I got my TBI. Ooh. TBH. You didn't have to wear a flight helmet? No, man. I walked, helmet? I, look, man, I walked in there and I had my cool multicam flight uniform and had the little form-fitting Velcro things on the side. Had a little mat pocket yeah. right in my groin yeah. on my pants. Had zippers instead of Velcro. It was they were so comfy. <laughs> it was like wearing pajamas. But Dude, I, had, no helmet. I had one of those flight suits, man. I had one. Like the, I had nice, the, the tops and the bottoms. Mm -hmm. The zippers on. Hell yeah. I think I still got ass. one. It's gotta be in a box somewhere. They were they were great because they actually breathed. Like they were they were so lightweight. And they actually breathed. The, the problem with them was 
that they ripped real easy. Yeah. If you if you scooted on a rock or something, man, you're you were gonna have a hole right in your ass the whole time. Mm. Then you'd have to like, right, duct tape it and like when when the first when the first batch of, of fire retardant ACUs came out, yeah, those things were dog shit. They uh, <laughs> they they would do that too. Like there was uh so my second deployment in Iraq, we were wearing. We were wearing the fire retardant ACUs. Like we got issued them, and they they had like the FR stuff on them, and they were pink. Like they had this like yeah. tint. <laughs> and um, dude, they were they were straight dog shit, man. Um, you know, we we were uh, we were in Samara, and we got called out to do so. Like it was early in the deployment, we got called out to do something. And um, dude, fucking, I took a knee on like posted up security. And like as soon as I took a knee, the whole crotch just blows out. Like just you know. rip. They fucking, you know, like I, I'm <laughs> junks hanging out. Like all of a sudden, all these little kids come running up to you. Like, oh Mister, 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 and you just like you have CD. Man, oh yeah, yeah. Like a buddy of mine looks at like one of my teammates who looks over at me. He's like. Yeah, and, and he knew, like, he knew what had happened. And he looks at Remy, he's like, dude, you know, if you did that in the States, like, he wouldn't be able to go around elementary schools anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Some of that dark humor, man. Oh, yeah, the sick, twisted humor. Like, you know, you, you had your you had your groin protector on your vest, and, like, it, that that was hanging down. So, like, kids, you know, they don't know. They, they're running up to you, you know. It's like, oh, man. Like, and I heard those things blow, and and it happened to everybody, man. Like the the crotches of of every one of those pants would just psh, like blow out. Like, so oh, I went man, to, uh, oh man, I'm having a brain fart. It's it's not CIF. It's the uh, it was Rumsfeld's baby for the oh, for the getting RFI. all your gear for RFI. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they gave us three patches. For our multicams when we got them, the OCPs. Oh yeah, because yeah. I came in what 20, 2010. I came in, and in basic we got the ACUs, the digitals, but they weren't the pink ones. They were like the the new rip stops, or mm. I guess no, they weren't rip stops yet. They were still the old ACUs. So we didn't get the uh, they, they OCP just had the multi- UCP. No, the multicams we got them. When we deployed, we were going through RFI because the garrison uniform was still digital, was still ACU. Oh, okay. And yeah, then I it was, wasn't until I was what, multi- out about that time. So yeah, yeah. multi cam. Yeah. I don't think that was a garrison until what 2015. But then it looked like a hodgepodge, man. Half half people had ACUs that never deployed and. Then the dudes that did did deploy, they were like, "Bro, I'm rocking my multicams, man. I'm dripping yeah. right now. Like you, you old slick sleeves in your ACUs over there. <sighs> good times, good times. Yeah. Dude, I, There's I, nothing I, like I, flexing on people with your uniform. Oh at the, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. It is, dude. I remember. That's like um, fucking. Oh man, like 
yeah, you, you just you like what what combat patch am I going to wear this this week? You know, <laughs> which, which which combat patch am I going to wear? Like you know, you show up, and you see these friggin' cherries running around. You know, it's, oh yeah, like, I remember uh, <clears throat> I remember a friend of mine who shall remain nameless, um, but this dude was fucking stacked. Like he he had been to every school there was to go to like he had, he had done everything and um like he man this this guy like he he was one of those dudes that, like he 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 was going to make the army a career like it was he and he did like he he did um you know like some of us were just there for the fucking adventure and like you know whatever um you know say we did it and like checked the box and whatever but like this dude he friggin ate slept lived the fucking army man like it was, it was just like you know great dude great dude but man like like when it came to it, it came time to fuck with with joe or like his his thing was was fucking with fellow ncos that like he thought lesser of dude there's he plenty would, of he, them to pick from oh, oh yeah yeah. And um Stu was giving him shit one time. And like he, you know, th- this was back like like the when when um about the time I was getting out, that was when they authorized us to sew on badges again. And yeah, yeah. You, you could actually do that. Like you had to pin them on. So most people just didn't didn't ever wear them. And um just like whatever, man. Like it's like it's just annoying to put all this shit on. It's just whatever. Um, unless you had to for whatever reason, but um, like he fucking he got all his shit sewn on, and like dude, dude was giving him shit. Um, I don't, I, I don't know if they did this everywhere, but like some some installations will have the fucking the the uh, the post police where they have those those like NCOs or shitbirds that like they got in trouble for something <laughs> and they have to stand at the PX. Yeah. Like, they got they the, the, the little... black sleeve on. Yes, yes, yes. Those guys. Like this dude, this dude was giving him shit. And he was like, "Hey, big Sarge. Hey, because you know they're always. Hey, like, yeah, big Sarge. Yeah, they always use some fucking pogue, you know, bullshit. You know, hey, big Sarge, you. I don't think your hair's in regulation. He turns around. He was like, "Who you think you're talking to?" You know, like he, yeah, he bows up at him. I'm like, okay, come on. Just come on, man. Like, come on. He, dude, this guy, this guy's gonna end up like calling his sergeant major. Like, I, I could just see in my head like how this was gonna play out. Like, man, Cody, just, just shut the fuck up. Come on. He's like, no, 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 man. Fuck this guy. And he's just like, hey, hey, next time you call me big sergeant, like, look at my shirt. You got all this? You got all this? <laughs> oh. I mean, he's just like you could tell, man. This this guy that like he he obviously got in trouble. He probably ain't made weight and tape like forever, you know. Like oh, for sure. I mean, like leave the guy alone, man. He's man. He's, he's fucking. He he thinks he's gonna get his little like five seconds of flex and can't and just, you know like you ain't gotta go there, man. Um, man, it's it's just some of them are like yeah. that, man. Yeah. That sounds like every NCO I had in my unit. I was an E4, right? I was a specialist in garrison. Specialist. I was the vice president of the E4 Mafia. 
there was only one guy ahead of me that had seniority. He had more time in service than me. And all our NCOs failed their PT test. Oh. So most army units, I think, I don't know if it's actual like army regulation, but if you fail your PT test and you're not commissioned officer, you can't hold a leadership position. So here's uh, a yeah, specialist, here's specialist oh. madman, unofficially <clears throat> corporal madman. Mm. And I had to counsel, I had to give monthly counseling statements to three NCOs because they failed their PT test. I mean, that's like that's when I was stat, when, when I was doing that, I was like, I feel like this is like the equivalent of a kid making their parents lunch. You know what I mean? Like the parents well, are just so bad at parenting that the kids got to take care of the house. Oh, I've seen that. You know what I mean? I like, that, that's bro, what I felt bro. like. I was like, bro, I, yeah. I'm like, y'all have been in for like eight years. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? Dude, them kids that drove the parents home from the bar, they were like, oh, yeah, I drive my dad home from the bar every Sunday night. Like, give myself a bath, then I'm catching the school bus. You know, like, I mean, I've been up since two in the morning. Like, you're eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same thing, man. It's the same thing. It's, it's, just it's like, wild. I, I couldn't. You know? I was blown away. They never gave. They let never let me wear a corporal though. But it, all my paperwork, all my paperwork said corporal. Forty one eighty seven. That's not. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, we're not doing all that paperwork." I, like, I, I can't imagine what it'd be like today. Like, like. I, probably I, I, the same shit. I'd say it's worse, man. It's got to be worse. It's got. No, I mean like the same like what I was going through. Just like total oh. dirtbag NCOs, didn't care, lazy. You know, I had yeah. some good ones. Don't get me wrong. I, I had a couple of really good NCOs, yeah. but uh, you know, I had some guys that I went through basic and AIT with that became NCOs, and they were they deserved it. You know, like they got E five quick and yeah. But the guys that were already E5s when we got to that unit, it, it was like, we looked around and I was like, boys, I got a feeling this is going to be rough. <laughs> this is going to be a rough deployment, man. Because <laughs> these guys, they either don't have a backbone or they just don't care anymore, you know? Because that was right around the time when you got out, when, you, when you've when you talked about like, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that yeah. 2011 oh. to like 2013, man, it was like yeah. a mass exodus of NCOs. Yeah. Oh, I was I was fucking done. Like all the studs was, were like, dude, cool. y'all are out of your minds. Like I can only take so much EO and sharp training. I'm out of here. Dude, it, yeah, it fortunately where I worked when I was leaving, when I, I was, you know, I was I was done. I was insulated from like pretty much a hundred percent of that shit. Mm-hmm. But I heard like I heard how bad it was getting. Um, just you know, through the grapevine, and just like, oh man, really? Um, dude, you know, and and, that man, it like it, and it only seemed like it was getting worse and worse. And so, like, we're having conversations, man. Like, like all of senior leadership was was putting in their retirement packets, but then, then, then though they would have the audacity to come to guys, you know, like me and, and several of the people I worked with, and be like, "You're the, you know, you guys got to stay in. You, you know, you're the future leaders of the army." Like blah blah blah. I'm like, 
well, you're fucking leaving. I mean, yep. and, and, you know, no disrespect, like, you know, you, you earned it and, you know, it is time to retire for, for several of those guys. Cause I mean, they, they were just, they were old, they were broke, you know? And, well, I say, I say that like, oh, you were old now, you know, I'm like the same age they were. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. Like, hey, man. I had that moment the other day. Yeah. When you get in the thirties, like, that's old for the army. Yeah. I mean, I had that moment the other day where I was thinking about um, my my very first bursar that I learned. I learned so much from him. Like he was a he was a that dude was a asshole. Like the the definition of an asshole. He fucking he. I mean, like this dude. This dude would when we were deployed, like. You know, he, he, he fucking roid raged. He was like, I mean, he, but, but for, for all of that, like what we could say, like negative wise, this dude took care of us. We didn't realize that at the time, like yeah. he, he had these extremely, like almost it, like to us, it seemed like he was running us in the dirt constantly. And like, he was, um, you know, just unrealistically high standards for everybody. And like, man, he, this, why is he such a hard ass? But that set, like everybody that came up under him, all of us, when, when we got into leadership roles, then we understood because if you, in this, this is always a leadership lesson that I took from this. If you are so, meticulous with your men to make sure that everything is in order, all the tiniest little details, then the macro stuff will solve itself. You you'll never have to worry about it. And, and you won't get fucked with as bad from, from the flagpole. Like essentially, you know, like they, they know they'll say, Oh, well, you know, that's, that's his guys over there. I don't have to worry about them. And so you, you, you know, you don't get shit on. We didn't right. realize that. Like we, we didn't, we truly did not appreciate that because everybody was just like, when they were around him, they, they were kind of like, everybody's kind of walking on eggshells. And then, uh, you know, that's why probably right before you came in, or maybe as you were coming in, when you were a Joe, like the big thing in the army was uh, this, this idea of toxic leaders. Like they, they put it in the army times. Dude, I that's all that. I heard it. about for four fucking yeah. years. Drove me nuts. Yeah, we had we had like all these these like NCOPDs, but not being a toxic leader. And I kept thinking about that at the time. Like, man, you know, basically what they were describing as being toxic leaders was effective leadership because they so like they they were they were basically taking everything that he had done and, and were like, you know, you can't, can't have unrealistic standards. You can't, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't like, you can't single out soldiers that are underperforming and like all, all is like, you know, and, and, and it's like, man, you know, I understand in, in a certain context that like, maybe, maybe there, there might be a line to be observed. I mean, they, there is like, there's definitely a difference between, Hey, you know, I'm going to take you guys on a friggin' eight mile fucking death run, you know, like, right. That's, that's one thing, you know, or 
I'm going to dump out trash from the barracks and make you crawl through it. Like that, that has no training value. There's no training value to that. So like that, I get, you know, like I understand like that, that crosses the line. But when you're, when, like if everything has a training value behind it and you set those, those expectations very high, it prevents the riffraff, you know, like it prevents right. the, the freaking, it prevents like the shit you just described. Like it prevents that because those guys are like, Hey man, if, if I don't perform, if you know, I, I, I show up and I don't perform, I'm going to get fucking fired. Like there's consequences and I'm going to get thrown out, you know, and I don't want to get thrown out. Right. You know, and, and, but you remove all that and then, and you know, you create the situation that really it trickles down to Joe and, and Joe's like, well, fuck if NCO's fucked up then I can be fucked up or maybe I'm not yeah. fucked up, but I ain't going to stay here. Yeah. No, that's what happens, man. That That's what happened to our unit. And then, you yeah. know, like I said, my buddy, he got, uh, he went to the board, got promoted. So he was a buck sergeant, E5. And <clears throat> so he kind of took over our squad. And, uh, man, it, it was like night and day too. Cause you know, he, he came out flat out, you know, I went to AIT with this guy. Um, I went TDY training with this guy for 11 weeks. You know, that's that he's, I went to LLVI training with him and this is when we were Joe's and he's like, he went through the first NCOPD. He's like, all right, guys, uh, bottom line, we're all fat. We need to run <laughs> faster. We need to yep. do more push ups. We need to do more sit ups and we need to do our damn, uh, what is it? The, the GAT on AK on army knowledge online, that stupid uh, health assessment shit where it asks you like a million questions. He's like, if we keep all that, look, if we're all passing our PT test, we're all making tape height and weight, whatever you got to do. He's like, cause and he pointed to me, he's like, I know your big ass is never making weight. Like you are just <laughs> not, he's like, you're six foot tall, but you ain't, you're, you're not going to be 190 pounds. It just ain't happening. And he's like, so you got to make sure you got a big old thick neck and a little skinny waist. And I was like, Roger that. So, man, we were running. He had us running 5Ks. You know, we'd come into shift. We were working midnight to noon. And we'd come in at 11 uh, p.m. And we'd do PT. We'd run a 5K. And then we'd do like some pull-ups or push-ups, whatever. You know, we'd do a little workout. And man, all of a sudden it was like night and day, dude. Everybody was in a good mood. Everybody yeah. was motivated. Everybody was working because we were still doing, uh, we were still doing our overseas mission. You know what I mean? We were just doing a remote on shift work. Mm-hmm. So that that changed a lot when when he took oh, over. Yeah. When when yeah. actually it wasn't him. It was two of them. It was, it was two of our guys, and they were shit hot, man. They were good. One of them, man, he was so funny. He was like a surfer bro almost. <laughs> he was like yeah dude he yeah. had uh he covered in tats man like he was a wild man yeah i loved him though old dude, bobby i hope when, bobby's listening he, he might be we'll see yeah man he might reach out to invite him, him on but i don't he, know man he's he's a businessman now kind of businessman you're a businessman he's a you white know. hat businessman though so i don't know if he's I down put on a white hat look man i got a, i got a greasy <laughs> I got a greasy Ariat hat on right now. I'm not on a white hat. 
I mean, yeah, I'll screen true. that thing brown, you know, like, you know, get out there, run the bush hog with, with you know, we'll see. We'll see. He might reach out to me. If he's listening, he's going to know yeah. the story. And he's going to be like, oh, yeah, I know exactly who this is. Nah, he should I, hear my voice and be like, I definitely know who this dude is. Oh, yeah. I got that, like, half Baltimore twang, half Southern <laughs> shit going on. Hell, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it, it's, but, like, it, it's, that's, it's indicative of, of what's going on and, uh, you know, across the entire Department of Defense. Like I was having a conversation with a, a friend of mine who I know 100% will be listening to this show. And he is a uh, former Navy officer. Um, he, you know, knows, knows all that world. Um, so you know, we, we were talking about uh, the, the footage that was coming out of the, the images. And I think there was a video too, uh, to, to back it up. Cause like there was some early claims that like these, these pictures have been doctored and whatever of Navy destroyer, early Burke class destroyer. So, you know, our, one of our current, you know, line destroyers uh, that had docked in Europe and uh, in France specifically, and was getting ready to go back out to sea and is like all covered in rust, you know? Now, I mean, I get it. You know, steel by the ocean is going to rust, right? So um, the thing is, though, is that what people don't understand, especially like, you know, the, the, the whole social media, Johnny come lately crowd that like become financial experts and pandemic experts and, space experts and weapons, you know, second amendment experts and like experts in all the things like literally overnight, um, you know, they, they always chime in to all the things we're saying like, Oh, see it, the boats normally rust on the water. And just like, yeah. But like, here's the deal, man. Like sailors are painting ships. Like they are tasked with taking care of their ship. Like the crew maintains the ship. This is basic seamanship. You know, this is being a sailor. Like it's it's part of being a sailor. Like this is this is their their what their daily life entails is, is taking care of their vessel, um, because you know that that is that is their first duty. And um, you know, so I ran it by my body, man. I, I sent pictures like, hey, man, what do you think of this? And he's just like, it's. He's, he said, I'm gonna chalk it up to this. The Navy, just like the Army, just like the the rest of the branches has hemorrhaged off all of the competent senior leadership and what has replaced it has allowed the standards to, to decline to such a degree that this now becomes acceptable. Like this, this outward appearance becomes acceptable. And we, you know, we see it again in the air force like that, that uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but um, there was a, uh, a picture of from behind Kamala Harris and she's standing in front of this uh, fighter maintenance squadron or like something or another. I, I'm not on the up and up on all that. Um, and I, I know some of the people in the audience will be and, and they'll correct me um, and, and I welcome it, you know, but um, you know, you're looking at their uniforms 
So like, you know, the, pretty much everybody is wearing like some version of multicam now, like the Marine Corps still got their uniform. Right. Uh, the Navy is wearing like the, the, they have like the AOR, like those lime green looking uniforms or whatever, kind of funny looking. If the SEALs adopted first and like Naval Special Warfare adopted and then like the rest of the Navy had to have it after they had to have that weird blue camo, like whatever. The aqua cam. Yeah, I'm just like, why why do y'all need that? Like, the Navy doing things on board the ships in in the Navy, like wearing wearing the dungarees look like that was pretty pretty effective. So keep doing that. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know why you need to. I don't know why you need a blue camo uniform like this, and then then this lime green. I don't get it. But anyway, it's... in the Air Force, man, like I never understood why the Air Force needed its own camo. That didn't really make any sense either. Like, they want they just wear what the army's wearing because, like, you know. I mean, that's where they came from. Yeah, it's. I, but anyway, yeah, apparently they are doing that now. Like, they they're wearing the multicam, which so, you know, like yeah, that started know, back. Just, yeah, when I was it, in. Well, like the JTACs, the JTACs that were with us were wearing multicam. Like, we mm-hmm. weren't wearing multicam when I was in Afghanistan. We weren't wearing multicam. We had we didn't get it. Like, the army didn't. The army was in the process of approving it. Um, we were in DCUs, so right. you know, DCUs actually blend in with things. Yeah, um, so we, we even multicam. Out. Like, mm, might get some hate for this. Multicam ain't that great in most areas on the planet. Yeah, it's it's a it's, it's a happy medium. It's better. It is it's, a happy medium. Than, yeah, it, it's better than ACU. Or UCP or whatever, you know. U- UCP is great if you right? can get it filthy, dirty, dyed, diet, or if it's dyed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. like to, to my point about the Air Force, man, th- this picture. So this this picture was pretty atrocious. Like to anybody with with you know military indoctrination. And like knows a thing or two about discipline. This picture was atrocious, dude. Like, the, first of all, nobody in that formation wanted to be there. Like, you could see that all over their faces. And it's like, man. Yeah, there's dude, no pride. Oh, uh, no like spirit it, to core. This, this is not the unit you want standing in front of the vice president, man. Like, like politics aside. Like, let's just we'll just take the politics out of the equation. Like vice president of the United States is standing in front of this this hand picked platoon, right? Because there's a platoon sized element. Mm-hmm. None of them looked like they wanted to be there. None of them. Like you could you could zoom in. There were people that did this. So you zoomed in on their faces, and they were just like rolling their eyes and like we don't want to be here. Like man, you know. That that's that is a senior leadership failure right there, because yeah, like okay, man, like all right, you don't like the vice president, like I don't like the vice president, but it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Okay, you're you you are embodied the embodiment of the service, and when you're photographed with the vice president, you who is addressing you, you're the embodiment of the nation. And, and, you know, our enemies are looking at that. That's yeah. so like, that's, that's important. It's important that, that outward appearance. So here, here's, here's the catch to all of this. The biggest glaring problem that I saw 
was their tops and bottoms weren't matching. So, like, I, I don't know. They're um, different generations. Well, no, no, no. This, this is what happened. I, I don't know if you, you were taught to do this in, in basic or not. I, I don't know. When I came into the Army, we were still wearing BDUs. Mm -hmm. And BDUs would change colors. Like, ACUs kind of did this, too. They would fade strange, it, it, depending on washing cycles. Yeah, but I had. BDU, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I had tops and bottoms that, like, I'd have to match fading, yeah. too. You know, yeah. I had, like, my field ACUs, and then I had my nice, yeah. clean, mostly new ACUs that were a little bit darker. Yeah. You you have your field uniforms, you have your garrison uniforms, they're different. Right? Right. You got field boots, you got garrison boots, different. That's the other thing and, I noticed about that picture. Yeah. That you go back to the BDU days, everybody had the same boots. Mm -hmm. But nowadays... As long as they're tan, it's like a dress code, but for boots. Yeah. So, like, some guys got Rockies, some have Oakleys, some have Bates. Right. You know? Yeah, so, it's nothing, like, Nothing's dressed right dress, man. Right. It just doesn't, it doesn't look right. And that was when I was in, you know? Everybody was rocking yeah. different boots. I yeah, mean, we that, all started with the, started the standard with, issue with Bates. That, that, was, that was my generation of the Army. That was, that was, that started with us, man. Like we, when, when we came out of basic, like everybody started wearing, like that, that was when the Tennessee boot thing came in. And I mean, dude, right. I, I embraced it wholeheartedly, man. I, you know, I ain't, I ain't saying I didn't, I still got a pair of Nike SFBs floating around out here. They are. They, they freaking feel like heaven, man. <laughs> like I don't, I don't even know if they make those anymore. Like they ought to, they don't, I know, uh, like the go ruck, boot, they were kind of like the go ruck boots. People mm -hmm. worn the go rucks in class. And they, they look pretty neat. I mean, I got I got too many boots right now. I don't you know I don't need to buy anymore. But I can't find know. the boots that I was issued in basic training. They're gone. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I might faded off into the ether, fell apart, disintegrated. I don't know. Well, yeah, I got I got them once they were broke in. They were so nice. And then I went yeah. to the PX one day and I found them. They were like sixty bucks. Nice. Broken back in, great. And then I went yeah. back like probably two years later because i was just in garrison for two years yeah and i went back and i was like where are my boots man and they yeah, just don't have them they were gone like the, I was like, the old oh, uh man. like the old belleville yeah boots. yes yeah. but it was the desert it was the summer yeah. deserts yeah 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 and they so, were so nice once you broke them in and they were light yeah. and they breathed well they I were fantastic boots they had composite yeah. toe, so you didn't get your toe completely smashed when something fell on it. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say the the pair that I had, I got the the heels, like the heel cups removed mm -hmm. and the toes removed. I did that for a pair of boots that I had. That was like my rucking boots when I was. I did rip the heels heavy. out of my rucking boots. Yeah. Because well, I used that to was, get that gnarly blisters on the back of my heel. Yeah. That was my old yeah, Ranger got, NCO, man. He was like, dude, let me show you something. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. But, dude, like to the point, uh, like when I came in with the uh, with BDUs, BDUs would fade. They they would actually change color. So, yeah. like, if you and, and you had your summer BDUs and you had winter BDUs. And so, like, your summer BDUs were cotton ripstop. Right. right. And they, they were super lightweight. And that's what everybody always wore because they, they were lightweight. And the um, 
the winter BDUs were like the polyester cotton blend and they were thicker, right? So like they had this brown tint to them and your summer BDUs had this, this green tint. As they would fade, they would get like more green to them. Right. And then, then like the the light brown would start standing out as as the black would fade, and and so they would change colors. Like you you could see this, and so um, when people would come to formation, and they would have mismatched BDUs, dude, you know, like that was that was a no no. Like you, you, yeah, you don't do like so a number. Man. Yeah, you you number all your uniforms, your tops and your bottoms, so that that never happens. Right. And um. So when I saw a picture of, of, you know, this Air Force, you know, fighter squadron, like they, they've got a F-16 behind them, you know. So, I mean, this aircraft's been around for a long time. Somebody was saying online that they were like a reserve squad, reserve unit or something. And I'm like, dude, that doesn't matter. Like the, you, you're missing matter. the point. It's it, like they, it doesn't matter whether they're, you know, whether they're a National Guard. Whether, it doesn't matter whether they're freaking the Civil Air Patrol, man. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Like they, they are the embodiment of the American military and they have the vice president addressing them and they look like a bag of ass. Like they, they their uniforms look like a bag of ass. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you have, when you have the Russians who are saying, Hey, you know, like we're in a de facto state of war, with you, right? That's what they're saying. Like they're like, okay, you know, the narrative is oh, they're at war. Yeah. Like we're we're at war with you. You are bolstering Ukraine. We're at war with you. You sunk, you know, the Moscova. You you have threatened us. You've you know done all these things. We're we're going to you know Nikita Khrushchev freaking beat the shoe on the table. We're we're coming for you. Like we will crush you. We're gonna bury you. You got the Chinese. They're saying, hey, you know, Taiwan's ours. We're gonna take. I it. mean, just flat out, like for all the listeners. Yeah. The United States is going to war with China and or Russia. Yep. That's happening. I don't know when that's happening. Like sooner rather than later. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's going to be an overt military on military with some shenanigans with some, some UW, but that yeah. that's happening. So scout to your point. Yeah. Yeah. When you look like a, a bag of shit, in front of the, your vice president, which is the number two of the executive office. And, and, right. and you can't get, you can't, that unit couldn't have been like, hey, you know what? We're going to buy everybody new uniforms and everybody's getting the same boots. Everybody's going to look the same. Just uniform, right. dress right dress. Because it looks professional. That's what militaries are supposed to look like. But also, man, like like the VP didn't just show up. Like no, she that was didn't just show about up for months. Yeah, the unit knew. The unit knew. The the unit probably they just didn't knew give a shit three months in advance. And and that's a leadership failure. Like like the the commander, whoever the the you know, like the three echelons above the local unit commander, like whoever the captain was, it's in right. charge of the company. Like three echelons above that person should have been like, hey. Friggin' Captain So and So, come here. Major So and So, come here. Lieutenant Colonel So and So, come here. Okay, VP's coming. Hey, Sergeant Major, you are gonna get all the people who are gonna be standing in front of the Vice President. You're gonna take them all to wherever the the nearest base exchange is. Friggin' take them to CIF. 
You're going to get them brand new uniforms. You're going to get them brand new freaking boots. You're going to make sure that your hand-picked unit that's in front of them is going to be locked, stock, ready to rock. You know, like you, right. you're going to be spin polished, starched, shined, standing tall. You know, like the vice president's going to be there. They this this and and they didn't do any of that. And no. so, like it, it's it's a bigger it's it's a broader picture of the whole man. Like you, you've got an American warship, right? The Arleigh Burke class destroyer. That thing for anybody who doesn't like know, it this this is like the the pinnacle of the Navy's surface warfare capability, right? It's it's got the guide missiles, right? So it's got the Tomahawk system. It's able to you know project force outward. It's it's designed for naval combat. Like it, this this is the vessel that has replaced, you know, literally replaced the battleship, and say, you know, you're, you're obsolete. You know, th- this these old relics of the past are now obsolete, and we we've done it all with this this one vessel, right? And then, you know, the rest is is up to the carrier strike group and, and like all the the tenders that go with that. So it's sort of the same scenario. Like you, you have a breakdown of discipline. I mean, why are they not? All right, so you got some surface rust on a, on a steel ship on the ocean. Yeah, it's going to happen, dude. You you know you didn't just know. Like this didn't just pop up. This did, you didn't just get like a spot of rust and like, huh? Oh, maybe I need to do something about that. Like this this is a this this is something that's been going on, and that's again, it's a leadership failure. Because whoever the master of that vessel is, the captain of that vessel at sea, you know, he didn't he didn't look out from the bridge and was like, hey, square that shit away. You know, because if the outside of that looks like that, what's the, what is the fighting capability of this vessel? Right. You know, like, I mean, like, dude, all, all the all the NAFO jackasses, the fucking fellas and like all that, they they're quick to like put up pictures of Admiral Kustinov. Which is a, like, you know, oh, that's a, I saw that's a, a comment. Kind of shit too. I saw a know? comment. It was like, oh, yeah. well, you know, captains just decided that there were so many people falling off the ship from painting it that they they decided that lives were more <laughs> important than looking good. It's like, motherfucker, the Navy has been painting the side of their ships for like two hundred years, pal. Well, they used like, to my grandfather wood boats like all my, for the entirety of naval combat history man my grandfather's one was on a higgins boat in the pacific and the other one was on a patrol boat in the pacific and guess what both of them had to paint their boat while like they were in world war ii it wasn't exactly a fucking cakewalk and they and they kept their boat clean looking because it's part of keeping a boat afloat a steel boat rust it's gonna get holes in it and they're telling oh yeah it just got out of port it's like bro you just got out of port and your boat looks like that that is you what (laughs) i can understand if you're like hey these guys have been this is they're coming back from their six on right yeah you know the six on six off they've been out six months and they're coming back like oh yeah there's a little bit of rust whatever like you know like they're coming back they're just steamrolling trying to get home understandable but you're on the other side of the planet or halfway to the other side of the planet 
and your vessel's looking like that, dude, like what the PR, that's the thing. People don't understand the PR and no. we are in wartime. And that's the big thing that people are missing. I think and these commanders are missing is that like, dude, <laughs> you're, well, you're fixing to be yeah. in a big fight. You know what I mean? Like, you, well, like you, let's take this back to the Muscova, man. Like, all right. So how did the Muscova get sunk? Like, you know, official story, unofficial story. Who gives a shit? Like, how did that, how did that happen? Because the crew of that vessel got just a little bit too close within the range of a weapon system that was fielded by the Ukrainians because they were just a little, maybe, you know, the, their navigation chart was a little bit off. Maybe there was some some spoofing going on of the GLONASS system that they were using, you know, because we have that capability just like they do with us. And, you know, maybe they got a little off track and they got hit. Hey, you know, that's the all, all fair. Was the, that was just recent, that right? Was that, recent. Was the, the, yeah. that was the, the SIGINT ship? No, no. The Muscova no, was no. the cruiser, not the SIGINT okay. ship. Okay. Muscova was the cruiser off of, uh, it, was, it was in the Black Sea. It's part of the Black Sea. Field. Right, 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 right. I'm getting uh, my ships mixed sunk. up. The Sigan ship, that was just this past week. There was yeah, a headline yeah. about that one. Yep, yep. Um, that was the uh, Leonov, I think. Right. Yep. Um, anyway, well, the Leonov is interesting because that, that's the one that's been trolling up and down the East Coast. And uh, that, that's the <laughs> vessel that was in Havana for a while. But, um, yeah, the Muscova, the crew, basically, the crew didn't do, they, they did not do exactly what, basically, they, they were getting a little too cocky, right? They, they either didn't double check everything or whatever, and they paid the price for it. Like, they, yep. they paid the price for that. Well, now let's apply that to America. Like, it's been a long time since we have lost a capital ship in naval combat. It's been a long time since that happened. And when you are putting forth your, your image to the world that you're, you're, this is the condition of your readiness. This is the condition of your uh, discipline. Dude, you know, did you not stop to think that maybe like, you know, maybe you're the crew of the Muscova right now. You know, like it, it reality just yeah. hasn't hit. It hasn't. You know, I mean, it, dude, it, it was like, it was like in Iraq, man. First, first trip to Iraq, first deployment, brand new Joe. I was, I was terrified, man. Like same time, I was so excited. This is just like, yeah, man, I'm going to fight. Like, you know, you, you, you that, that's the reason that I went in the army. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going, I'm going to fucking fight, you know? And, and you know, it, this, this was for me is this, this is the thing. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And, uh, but at the same time, I'm terrified because, like, man, this shit is real now. Like, this was all, all like fantasy and, you know, Ernest Hemingway novels and, like, you know, all, all cool guy shit until you're there. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. You know, like, this gives you pause. And I got told a piece of advice by that very same first sergeant that I was talking about, where he said, he said, every time you go outside the wire, you look like the, the hardest motherfucker on earth because they are all watching you. And the second that you don't look like the hardest motherfucker on earth, 
the the nastiest, most ruthless killer on earth. The second that you don't look like that, that's when they are going to stab you in the back. That's when they are going to attack you. That because they he he's and he drilled that into everybody, and he he told us he's like they are always watching you, because this is their home. They know everything about it, and they're all out to kill you. You know we're we're here until we leave, but this is their home. Everybody here is out to kill you. Yeah, they are waiting till that time that you you are letting your guard down that you start to slip a little bit. And that's when they're going to come in on you. It's, it's like, man, you know, it, it, there's there was a whole lot of truth to that. whole lot of truth to that. And that's the way that, that, you know, people in America, they don't get it, man. They really do not get it here in the United States that, that all these other countries of the world, man, BRICS, they're out to get us. It's, like they, they're it's out the Western to get bubble, us. man. Yes. Like, they don't get it, man. They, 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 you know, dude, the southern border. These people that are flooding in on the southern border are not coming in here because, oh, man, I want to magically become an American. Here's my chance. No, 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 dummy. I bet you one out of 2000 of them have that mindset of like, you know what? I do want to go to America. I want to be an American. I want to start a family. I want to work. But that's one. You know what I mean? Out of thousands. Dude, when they they're coming from Venezuela, they're coming from Cuba, they're coming from Nicaragua, they're coming from China, they're coming from Russia, they're coming from Iran. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> most of them are bad actors. Don't get me wrong, I'm not sticking <laughs> up for them. No, no, I know, I, I know you're not, I know, but I'm saying like they're they're you know these are all the BRICS nations that are saying, hey, you know, our stated goal is to take down the economic hegemony of the West, which the centerpiece of it's the United States. And no, no military power has been able to touch the United States because we've got two giant bodies of water that are insulating us. Right. But we've been caught slipping, man. It's and when, you know, when you have photos like that going out uh, of the vice president with, you know, these troops that, you know, because they're, they're American troops. Like, they, okay. You know, I, I'm sure that somebody out there will be like, yeah, but they're air force, whatever, man. Like, yeah, yeah dude, there's some, there's some hard dudes I know from the air force from, from the soft side, um, you know, like, like JTACs and TACPs and, you know, awesome dudes, man. Uh, it's, that's, that's a awesome community over there. And, um, you know, but, but all, all the same, is that the the American serviceman, right, is is slipping in discipline and it's visible and this is visible to the world. And they're seeing this and they say, damn, you know, like this is this is really bad. Um, it, it, to me, it's a big cause for alarm. Like, holy shit. You know, this is, you know, this is the reason that people really like, like, you know, not, not to, to plug training in here, but it's, it's necessary. Like, this is the reason that the civilians need to get training now, like not just firearms training, but like in, in all domains, man, because the military, the United States military makes up a small percentage of the American populace anyway. Um, You're talking about a very tiny population and it's getting smaller. Yeah, it's getting smaller and smaller. And 
you know, dude, when when if if they're not taking it seriously, and I'm not again, don't don't get me twisted. Like for anybody out there, I'm not condemning um, anybody, but I am pointing out that there are some alarming issues here that that need to be addressed, and you know they need to be addressed pretty swiftly and severely in the face of, of adversaries that are their stated goal right now is that they are going to do us harm. Not that they might, they are. Like it's, they it's, are. We're on a, we're on a timetable to war right now. Yeah, you. you I mean, really how many books have to be published seriously. about us going to war with China? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Not like, <laughs> it, it's they, in the they, dozens they at this it, point. They published it in 1997. You know, 1997. Yeah. Unrestricted warfare. Unrestricted I mean, warfare. And then on top of that, I mean, the pub, the books that our generals, our generals, have published. And now, just now, last year, you finally get the Air Force general. Oh, yeah, like, China's a, a pretty big deal, actually, we found out. It's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, we, you know, who's, we've been ringing this dinner bell for how long now? Right. And, like, and, and, and still, it's not being taken seriously. At least it doesn't seem like it. And that's the thing, like... Yeah. <sighs> There's a difference between tricking your enemy into thinking that you're an incapable dumbass. That, but like, this is not the time to do that. This is the we're time to be even, like, yeah, we're, we're not even doing that. Like, we're, well, we're fooling ourselves. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing is we're we're tricking ourselves and like, man, you it's, need to be like coming off like a barrel chested badass. 24 7 so, like your first sergeant said man if you don't look go out looking like a killer yeah and you don't look like the most capable dude on the planet you're gonna be taken advantage of yeah that's i mean that's just it is what it is that's that's the animal kingdom you know like that's <laughs> to, to break it all the way down that's the animal kingdom if you don't look like the biggest baddest dude around yeah. something is gonna kill you well you know, like, I think, too, that there's this dichotomy of how, well, I don't even know if I can call it a dichotomy. I think that there's there's some competing interests going on. Like, people people are trying, it, especially, like, today, man. You know, I was getting stuff done, and I was hearing, like, whatever chatter they were talking about on talk radio, whatever. You know, just roll your eyes. Like, that's, that's what I do with conservative talk radio, man. I just roll my eyes with a lot of that. But, um... Yeah, because they, they get their script and it's whatever. But um you know, it they, there are competing interests that people are trying to make sense of politics and do not recognize. And you know, I talked about this a little bit yesterday with Colonel Bennett on, and um, you know, for anybody who hasn't listened to that podcast, you really need to. That was a um, fantastic he, show. Thanks, man. Thanks. He he's he you know, we, we shed, we, we talked about, we kind of got into this topic a little bit, but that was, it's kind of outside the scope of the show. But, um, you know, I make sense of, of American politics and in particular the left like this. So, you know, like the, the, the whole deep state, the idea of the deep state and everything, like what this is, is the oligarchy that has established itself and now insulated itself because they realized that at some point 
And I don't know exactly when this point was, but I don't think that it occurred in the 20th century. I think it occurred before that. Um, but there is there is a a cabal that figured out that they could make a whole lot of money on foreign dealings and could wield that power of, of the United States military externally. And that could be very profitable. That would lead to a very profitable uh, endeavor. And so now what, what that has created and, and, you know, you had, uh, the invention of, of federal bureaucracies, because originally, you know, we had the uh, U.S. Department of Justice and, you know, everything kind of fell under the Department of Justice. You know, and the only federal law enforcement agency that we had was uh, Customs and Border Protection, which, you know, made sense. That was under the Department of uh, Commerce. And then you had um, uh, U.S. Marshals Service that was established in uh, the U.S. Secret Service as well, U.S. Marshal Service to to uh, administer justice and and uh, go after you know train robbers and stuff that were happening out west uh, during the westward migration, um, you know it, it you know, after the Civil War and and to kind of administer what was going on in these these territories, but also uh, the U.S. Secret Service which was going after counterfeiters which was running rampant. And so that was part of the Department of Treasury. The U.S. Department of Justice only, you know, they only administered a, a very small number of things um, until until the creation of the FBI, which was a, um, a new task force that was put together. And it was specifically put together to go after anarchists that were coming from Europe. That was, it was in reaction to that. And it was supposed to be a temporary measure. All these things are supposed to be temporary measures, and then temporary measures become permanent measures. Yeah, that's how it always uh, starts. Yeah, and, and they they realized at some point, someone in in you know the political machines realized that they could make themselves very wealthy off of the the body politic and utilizing and wielding that power. And um, at some point, they were able to project that force outward externally. Uh, you know, World War One happened and, and a lot of money was made in World War One, and then the years afterward. And then a lot of money, a whole lot of money in turn was made in World War Two. A lot of people don't know that. You know, we think of World War Two as, you know, the, the noble cause and everything. And it was. But a whole lot of money was made also. And that that was the essence of what Eisenhower was talking about. Beware of the military industrial complex, because the military industrial complex was the one that benefited the most off of this endless conundrum of war. And they would create enemies in order to offer solutions. And those solutions were economic, would be economic and economically favorable for them. Right. And that's, that's why you have people like Lloyd Austin takes his uniform off, puts his business suit on, walks right into the board of directors at Raytheon. You know? Yep. This is this is why this happens. It's not by accident. And people people start to to think, you know, why why is this occurring? Well, this is just the latest incarnation of this. Here's the issue. And here's where it intersects in American politics contemporarily today. All right? The Republicans are guilty of this too. They're just set up at, at the the national level, the Republicans are just set up to be the fall guy. That's all it is. And the role of these federal law enforcement agencies, that especially the FBI, is to go after any grassroots movement. 
any real grassroots movement, whether it's left or right, and to crush that, right? That that's that's their purpose. We've seen this stuck on repeat. Okay, it's it's happened over and over again. And so where where we find ourselves on on this roadmap is that now the the political oligarchy at the top now has insulated themselves with this the senior executive service ring that permeates all, all the federal law enforcement agencies, Department of Defense, so on and so forth, intelligence community, yada, yada, right? And so they've created and encapsulated themselves into their own little ivory tower. Well, the problem is, is that they are completely disconnected from what's actually happening at the base, what's actually happening at, at the foundation level. And so you have literally the, the burning of Rome is, is about to occur quite literally. You know, we see the situation on the border that that's that's the viscous. OK, they're coming in and they they're so disconnected from all this. They think, oh, well, that's not going to happen. Well, why isn't it going to happen? Well, it's, it's never happened before. So it's not going to happen. And you're like, well, you know, what are you talking? Are you not paying attention to all the stuff? The reality is, is no, they don't. They're not. They're not paying attention to it. They have no reason to. All, all they care about is is what their bank accounts make it. They're yep. not paying attention to any of this stuff. They're they paying attention see. to what their they, bank account looks like, and they're going to their cocaine sex parties and yeah. all their crazy the masquerades. That's all they care about. Yeah. They live in their own crazy little bubble. They they are so far removed from all this and, the, and removed from the consequences of this. There are no consequences and yeah, they're not they going to be. Yeah. They, 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 this is, you know, it, it's, it, it's a sad state of affairs. And some people would say, well, you know, man, that's a black pill, but it's not, it's not a black pill. It, it, in fact, for me, it's the opposite. This gives me a lot of optimism because I know exactly how competent and incompetent they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and in turn they are. And, and when the emperor has no clothes, his edicts have no power. When you think about that, that's that's a powerful tool. You say, wow. That is. You know? And you know, with with every phony, ridiculous plot, you know, the the uh the Indian white supremacists that we have now. I mean, come on, man. Like who yeah, you know who believes this? They who <laughs> believes this. They had me in the first half, right? So the um there are a lot of neo-Nazi gangs that allow Hispanics that can prove. Oh yeah. What is it like half European heritage, right? And most Hispanics yeah. are already European because they are descendants of Spanish conquistadors and and Portuguese conquerors and all that. Yeah. But That's then this one, I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> so like, let's take yeah, a time yeah. out, guys. You went from like, all right, I can kind of sort of believe this, that there's a Hispanic guy with swastika tattoos, right? Because that does exist. Yeah. But now there's an Indian guy who drove an empty U-Haul and half-ass blasted. Listen, I'm not a NASCAR <laughs> driver, <laughs> and I've driven some pretty big trucks, okay? Yeah. I could whip that U-Haul truck mostly between those barriers without even looking. And this guy was like ramming it half-assed, like, oh, backing up, I'm going to try to ram it real quick. You know, it's like, and I I believe that that was a random bystander with the camera, because if I 
DC never sleeps just like New York doesn't, right? There's always people kind of walking around and meandering around. Everybody's got a cell phone these days. Yeah. And if I saw some U-Haul truck like trying to ram near the White House, I'd be like, oh, you're damn right I'm filming this. 100%. Like if I was, I mean, I'm not a social media guy per se. I mean, I got my like madman handle on Twitter. That's about it. Um, But if I was like an average person with a social media account, I'd be like, oh, yeah. This is going on TikTok. This is going on Instagram. Like I'm putting this everywhere. And yeah, but they they lay the flag down, and it, it's just like I get. Look, you got to do sensitive site exploitation. You know how you do that. You lay the crap out. You take a nice picture of everything individually. Then you take a picture of it all together, and then you gather it all up and shove it in a box, put it in the car, and get it out of there. You don't lay it out there for. 40 minutes for everybody else to take a picture of. That ain't how it's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That ain't how it's done. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Nah, I've been waiting nah it's, it's, dude, I mean, <laughs> that was driving me nuts. An empty rider truck, like, or an empty, empty U haul truck. Yeah, like, what was he trying to do? Come on, man. Like, they, they, they just brought that from the, the latest Patriot Front rally. They were like, ah, sure. hey man, we got like a week left on the lease, bros. Here, like, get get in. <laughs> See, that's get the thing. in like, and that's make, why, it, make it look like you mean it. That's why, like, the, the shooter was like kind of believable. I was like, you know what? This dude was probably on like a four day meth bender, and his FBI handler sent him out there. You know what I mean? That's believable. Because that's the thing. I'm not saying this guy wasn't like an op, right? They're all psyops. They're all used yeah. as psyops. Even if it's organic, it's used as psyop. I, mean, I don't know that. I, I do know. I can say that that story disappeared fast, real quick, didn't it? Fast. See, that's the thing that had me in the first half. I was like, yeah, I've heard of like, dude. I knew a guy in the army. Last name was like Rodriguez, dude. N bomb every other word out of his mouth did not like the black folk one bit and he was hit like 100 percent from mexico so it's like yeah right so like this guy whose name is rodriguez 100 percent mexican hates black folk okay all right like that's not uncommon i've worked with plenty of hispanics that are pretty racist you know yeah, I mean, it, you know. But then the, the then the story just very, disappeared very so quick. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that is kind of sketchy, man. You'd think they'd like want to hammer that home. But again, like obviously that doesn't fit the narrative. You know, it's not a white guy. If it was a white guy, man, we we'd still be hearing about it. Well, you know, the Aubrey Hale manifesto. That that's never still gonna see that today, man. They're nope. not. We we're never gonna never gonna see that. Never no. gonna see that. We're we're never gonna see that. That you know, what what about Las Vegas, man? The the place Las Vegas is is the place with the most cameras on earth. Most mm-hmm. cameras on earth. Period. Somehow somehow, somehow this guy this carries guy, an impossible amount of crap up uh how many stories? Too many. Too many. You know, <laughs> an too impossible many. amount of crap up uh, too like, many stories. Like, 38 guns like fired too fast for a bump stock you know only it 
bro, like I have a friend that, you know, somebody I used to work with that is a Las Vegas security guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, inside of one of the big casinos, not that casino, not that one, not the one in question, but one of the big ones. And, you know, they, they have their own SWAT teams. They have their own SRT teams yeah. inside the casino because you're talking about billions of dollars per day. They have second teams. Cash. Yeah. They have fusion cells in those yeah. casinos. Like they they didn't the whole narrative of like, oh, we had to wait on, you know, Las Vegas Metro to, you know, breach bang clear. And then they they had that security guard that they wheeled out there who looked like he had been lobotomized and then he disappeared real quick. You never heard from him again either. Where they were like, oh, <laughs> we'll wheel him away. We ain't gonna talk about him no more. You know, nope. he, he gives that he has one of the most bizarre press conferences I think I've ever seen where he was just like, yes, I tried to go in the door and it was jammed shut. And then they like, they, they wheel him away. They were like, Oh, exit stage left. Like you said, all you're going to say, you know, like, man. And we just got this like, like one grainy photo of this dude. Like that's all we got. But, but then his brother is going out there. Like that was all so bizarre where he's like, Oh yeah. He spent, thousands of dollars in there and got comp sushi dinners and like all this stuff. I'm like, man, this is, this is this, like, none of this adds up. Like none of this shit adds up, man. I don't know. No. This, is, this is strange. Still story. doesn't add up. We still haven't like, heard anything. I mean, what was, what was I, the motive? It, right. I, I mean, I saw the, the suicide photo of that guy and I'm like, he didn't kill himself. There's no way in hell he killed himself. It's not, everything's all wrong. Yeah, if he if he shot himself in the mouth with that Smith Wesson J frame that he had, he would not the the pistol would not be where it was left. That's just not uh uh-uh. uh. And the only po- the only possible explanation for the misplacement of that handgun is that whoever contaminated the crime scene going in there moved it to secure the scene. Right. Which I'm not saying didn't happen, could have happened, right? It's within the realm of possibilities. However, contaminating the crime scene, like the, the initial security sweep when, you know, you're going in there to secure the scene as responders. Um, could that have happened? Yes. Like, like that could have been a thing, you know, they, they just moved it and, and it was like, Oh shit, you know, move the well, don't move it again. You know, before the crime scene photographer comes in, um, could that could have been it. Who knows? Like that that's really the only explanation I can come up with you know, based on my training. Um, but um, you know, it, it's there's so many, so many questions, no answers from that. And and all signs point back to the FBI. Like, you know, all right, so so tell us something. Like, like you're getting our tax dollars, you owe the American people something. Like you can't you can't look that we know happened with the Bidens. Like, the, all right, the Clintons, yeah, yeah, we we could dive into them too. But like, well, let's just talk about the Bidens. Agency did it. It's proven. It's indisputable. You did it, right? You, you did that shit. 
you you people ran a disinformation campaign against one candidate and bolstered another one. You did it. You you were complicit in the whole Russia stupid lie. Like that was all a lie. All that bullshit. All of it was a lie, man. And and they didn't. It's just like, oh well, you know, we investigated ourselves and whatever. And you know, Jim Comey getting out there saying, oh well, I'm gonna sell books, motherfucker, Jim Comey. I sold more books than you. Okay. I, <laughs> me, I sold more books than you. So fuck you and your book, you know, and, and your, your, your seditious ass, not treason. There's a lot of patriots out there. They're calling it treason. It's not treason. It's not treason. It's sedition. Call it what sedition. it is. It's sedition. Sedition is, is what it is. Uh, when, when you create a government that is parallel to the gov- the lawful government, that is that is usurping the, the will of the people of the United States, which is what they did, and acting in contrary to it, and and in in uh, in a lawless manner, which is what's happened here. That's sedition. Like that, that's what it is. Um, you're, you're you're. I mean, and and just the whole thing, like the whole thing, and and so that's why I get so disgusted with with a lot of conservative talk radio out there. Like, well, the good people of the FBI, the good people that look, man. Yeah, like I'm tired of hearing that. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing that. It's exhausting. Because yeah, it is. It's It's like like, man, man. they're not they're not good people. You know what I mean? Like at this point, you either have to be so brain dead that you don't understand what's going on, or you understand what's going on and you're okay with it because you agree with it. And I'm going with the latter. I, I find it hard to believe that anybody's that naive. With the last, yeah. from, from 2015 to now, I, I find that hard to believe that, that somebody's that naive. Just yeah. with everything, you know? Like, just, I could get into it. We could go for four hours talking about it, but yeah, that, it's, it's, it just like, doesn't, man, people aren't that it, stupid. It, it goes back to what I was talking about, like the the, the highest echelons of all this, the, the senior executive service ring, right? The SES ring, which is that that is the deep state. Like when people bring up the they talk about the deep state stuff, like they call it that. Like that is what that is. Like that that is that is the oligarchy. And and these people will leave the senior executive service. They will go to be the, you know, the boards of these various corporations that are, you know, doing things, uh, producing nothing, you know, like, you know, Raytheon and General Dynamics and so on and so forth, you know, Rand. And then, you know, then they'll come back into the government in in whatever various capacity. And it, it's right. just, and it's an old boys club is what it is. It's like, oh, you know, he's a good fella. He's, he's one of us. And they, you know. But the thing is that they're running completely contrary to the interests of the people of the United States. Like you're always going to have oligarchy. Like you're you're always going to have that. Like the you know the Soviets when when the Bolsheviks came to power and they 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 wanted to get rid of all that. They said they were going to get rid of all that like Marx and all that shit. And they don't get rid of it. They just created it. They created. Right. They, they got rid of the old one and they created a new one. But guess what? We you know we have that in the United States. The same thing. Like it's it and and there what it what it really does is that it 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 removes any sort of consequence that's there. Like oh well you failed, 
that's how that I mean that's how people like Pete Booty judge. You know, that's how he exists. The man has failed upward. His entire career he's failed upward. He can't point to one thing that he ever did that was successful. Nothing. Nothing. Yep. His his dad was a communist. He his dad, by the way, a lot of people don't know this. His dad is the one who translated Antonio Gramsci's prison diary to English from Italian. His dad was the one that did that. People don't know that. Interesting factoid. Yeah, people don't know that. He's he's been a card carrying commie for a long time. People don't yeah. know it. They think, oh man, well you can't. You know your 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 mainstream. You know brain dead wine mom Democrat out there, and that's a dwindling number of them. But the the ones that yeah you know, the the ones you see on social media put their little blue wave and their mm-hmm. you know and pictures of their cat. <laughs> they all have pictures of their cat or cats, I should say. Crazy you cat know, ladies, man. But um, you know, they're all wine moms. And I'm like, you can't Jesus don't like him because he's gay. No, I don't like him because he's a fucking failure. He's a fucking he, everything he does is a fucking failure. Like, there's no accountability. Dude, the roads are shit. The railways are shit. They blew up a fucking rail car in East Palestine, Ohio, and made that place unlivable. Like created, they created a hazmat issue, and there was no accountability. Like no, nobody stepped up and said, "Hey, man, like this was this this falls on my shoulders. The book stops with me. This is what we're gonna do." And as soon as I oversee it, the... yeah, I'm gone. Yeah, all right, man. You know, like cool. You know, it's it's accountability. Yep. They don't do that. They never did that. They said, "Oh." <sighs> Can't, 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 you can't say nothing about him because he's gay. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care. I don't That's exactly care why they put him there. Right. It's exactly That's why they put is. everybody there. That's right. why they put Levine in the place that he's in. Because, oh, well. Dickie it's, Levine. It's a, tra- it's a trans woman. It's like, yeah, that's the most unhealthy looking human being I think I've ever seen in my life. And he's and he's in charge of health, which is why we're rearing up on like fifty percent obesity rate in this country. High fructose corn syrup, man. Faux show. High fructose corn syrup. You got to get that high fructose corn syrup. Got I mean, it. humans humans have I been taking in sugar. We've been taking in sugar for thousands of years. Thousands. I mean, fruit's got sugar in it, man. Yeah. Like we've been we've been cultivating sugar. I feel great when I eat an apple and a banana. Yeah. But for some reason high fructose corn syrup. They add high (laughs) fructose corn syrup to everything. 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 You know what? I heard advice I can't remember where it came from. But somebody said if it doesn't come directly out of the ground or from an animal to my plate. That's a product, and I only eat food. Mm-hmm. If it comes out of the ground or off a tree and it gets on my plate, or if it's from an animal, it's food. Yeah, it comes in a package, it's a product. I don't eat products, I eat food. I don't remember who said that. I'm trying to rack my brain. It might have been Pat McNamara, now that I'm thinking about it. 
That sounds like sounds like a Pat Mac thing he would say. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, it sounds that sounds like a few people I know, man. Like it, that that would be a Pat Mac thing. Um, There's a few people I know that that, might, that would say something like that. Yeah, I think we need to uh, return to eating food and not yeah. products. I'm guilty of it too, but like, man, you know, I yeah. just moved into this joint. I don't have my farm set up yet. I got a big well, old field that's staring at yeah. me in the face every morning. There's a learning curve there, man. There's, oh, 100%. There's, there's a learning curve to that. And there's, there is a, like, even though, like, I know, I know a lot about subsistence farming and I know a significant amount, not as much as I feel like I need to know, but I know a significant amount about animal husbandry. Like, you know, I, I know how to raise animals. You know, I, I learned that as a child, I learned how to do that stuff. And, um, you know, man, it, it's, you know, lear learning skills like that. But even still, when you're at it, you're still, you're still like, it's a perpetual learning experience. Like raising some animals, you know, and it's, it's like, dude, this is, this is, this is an important skill set. You know, it's, it's one you got to constantly refine. Yep. Um, over time, man, it, it don't, it, it's, it's one of those things that like, that's the reason that I tell people that the farmer's almanacs exist is because this is a book of knowledge of like, Hey, you know, every year generally in this area, this is how this panned out and this is how this happened. And like, things the encyclopedia like, you know, of farming. Yeah. You know, like, like something my dad used to tell me that, you know, you, you never plant here, like here in North Carolina, Southern Virginia, you know, this is this microclimate region. He's like, you never plant anything before May 1st because it doesn't, it doesn't matter, man. You could have like all month of March could be like 80 degree days. doesn't matter. You're going to have a 30, anything. you're going to have a 29 degree night in April. Yep. yep. Every time. He's, He's, he was never wrong about that. He was never no, same wrong. thing up here. I'm a couple states yep. up. You know, I'm in yep. I'm in Pennsylvania, and uh, <laughs> we're we're the same way, man. You look, you put something in the ground May first. You better make sure it's like cauliflower or broccoli because it ain't gonna survive. Yep. <laughs> it yep. ain't gonna make it. Ain't gonna make it. People, all those people like, oh, it's it's like May first, and it's like 77 and sunny and clear and. I'm going to put my tomatoes in the ground. It's like, honey, those aren't going to last much longer. You got mm -hmm. like two weeks and it's going to be freezing cold for every night of the week. Yep. You're going to get five days in a row and it's, you go out at midnight, it's going to be 25 degrees. Yeah. And it might only be 25 degrees for like an hour and then it'll shoot back up to like 33, 34. Don't but all, that's all it takes. That's all it takes all is that half hour to an hour of that Big. frost and your plants tomatoes. are done strawberries they it, it'll burn strawberries all the, oh yeah all the all the it'll, fun it'll. spring plants they'll be toast yeah yeah it's it's you know but but changing gears a little bit and talking about uh skill sets and, and the refinement of skill sets you know and, and kind of getting getting back to the training end of things man you know with with signals intelligence that's one of those things that you know you specialize in and and that's your bread and butter and um it, it's it's also one of those things that people take for granted man you know it, it's it's just like the knowledge with farming the knowledge with anything else sustainment skills you know, signals intelligence is a is a big one 
And um, it, it's one of those, is like, it's a lot like it is with communications. I mean, even though it's, it's very much the other side of the coin of it, but it's, it's like communications is already a convoluted enough topic for so many people. SIGINT is, is even worse, you know, and, and they're just like, oh man, like all the intelligence tasks and I, I have to first. SIGINT side of it, signals right. intelligence side. So, you know, man, with that said, you've got a class for that that's coming up. And, you know, we have that up on the calendar now, tactical signals exploitation, you know, and, and I have my signals intelligence course is kind of, you know, it, it's part of the pipeline of the RTO course. Yours is, is definitely, um, I would say the next step in that evolution, but very much also a standalone product uh, and, and a damn good one too, after having sat in on your last class, uh, that you were running and, and, you know, there's, it's, it is a rare quality that you have someone who, who actually knows how to teach people and you are that person. Give us a quick rundown, man, of, uh, tactical signals exploitation, like, like your expectations for the course, your, um, kind of your, your training goal and where you're going to take people, uh, coming into class from zero to, you know, uh, uh, the final hour, of course, like, like, where are they, what, what, what are they going to gain and those skill sets they're going to get out of it? So <clears throat> thank you. First of all, uh, I appreciate your, uh, your words. I, uh, I think, so your class is awesome, right? I, I went to your, I missed the RTO and advanced RTO, but I made it for the SIGINT portion. And that gives, that gives students uh, a really good foundation, right? It gives them the, the building blocks, the basics, like, hey, look, you, you point the antenna in the direction that the signal is, and if it's not there, then you're not going to hear anything. And if you point it another direction, you're going to hear it, right? And uh, it gets a little bit more nuanced than that, but that's the basics of it. And I want people to understand that I went to advanced individual training for a SIGINT analyst for six months, right? So most Army AITs are like between two to three months, right? It's like an extension of basic training. I was there for six months. I went through a whole 365 calendar days of training from basic combat training to AIT. And then I took 11 weeks of uh, the LLVI training. So it takes a long time. And that was every day, you know, that was my job. So to try to cram that into a weekend, it's kind of hard. And that's where, you know, Scout, you were saying about writing your book. You saw a gap and I was like, yeah, you know, like, yeah scouts class gives them the foundation but i i think we need to push a little bit further you know well yeah yeah like we, we gave them the basics we give them how to do stuff now let's kind of get them into what to do with it you know you got those foundational skills let's show you what to do with those foundational skills and on top of that build upon those foundational skills so what the tactical SIGINT exploitation class, I want to take 
you know, we start with a review, uh, just make sure everybody's kind of on the same page and is, you know, you're going to have guys that maybe paid a little bit more attention or maybe went to class a little bit sooner, uh, than, than like a year ago, you know, you got a guy that was in the second class a few months ago, or maybe even before, you know, mine's in August, it's August 5th and 6th. So maybe you got a guy that goes to the RTO advanced RTO and second class in, uh, June, July. And then immediately goes to my class. He's probably going to be fresher than the guy who went to class last summer. Uh, unless he's been doing his due diligence and training on his own, which we know probably isn't happening, but that's okay. Cause, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to review and then we're going to get into some equipment familiarization, right? We got some, uh, got some equipment coming. We got the tiny essays, the spectrum analyzers. Those things are awesome. Um, they're really intuitive. Couple, couple buttons, and you're done. It's calibrated, and and then you're good. So I'm going to show you how to use that, and then we're going to get into a little bit more of the how to set up your SIGIN apparatus, right? So like you have your LPOPs, your your listening post, observation post. You have your tactical operations center. Hopefully, you have another team out there on an LPOP because you want to make the triangle, the magical triangle that is triangulation of a signal. Um, and on top of that, I, I want to get everybody used to getting an azimuth with a compass and a map based off of the direction that they're pointing the antenna. Right, because that that at the end of the day, that's like the the dummy way of explaining it is you point an antenna in a direction, you line up your compass with that, and you get the degrees, and you mark it on the map, and you move, you know, you move different directions. Um, we're also going to incorporate some of the RTO stuff, uh, sending up reports to the talk, right? And the talk isn't necessarily going to be a stationary place because most of the time the talk for SIG and stuff is actually mobile. Um, <clears throat> so the logistics of that are going to be worked out by the time we get to class for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's really the over the overview of the course. Uh, Sunday is going to be a fun day. I promise that that exercise is going to be a good time. I've, I've done it before oh, yeah. and it, it is fun. It's, I can't, I don't want to give it away, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be like a, a big game of tag pretty much. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's fun. Trust me. It's like, like you know, if you're a ham like operator, it. it's like you're chasing the rabbit, but the rabbit's chasing you. It's a, it's going to be a fun time. Um, yeah, man. Might bring a Nerf gun so we can shoot each other. I don't know. I haven't figured that out. Uh, we might have some insurance problems with that. I don't, I'm not sure. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Just play with no. blanks, man. I'll load up some blanks. and uh, we'll oh, Maybe that's that. what we'll do. Maybe that's, yeah. you know what? We're going to have to call in. Yeah, you know what? We're going to have to call in Scout. And he's going to be the. I'll be there. He's going to be the Blackwater Sniper. For your LLVI team, <laughs> dude, I don't. Uh, I ain't got enough ink to be those guys, man. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's true. 
I, I but now it's it's, it's going to be a fun time. A beard's that's, long enough. But that's yeah. true. Your beard is long enough. I ain't, I ain't got enough ink to roll those boys, man. It's like like all all of the pipe hitter crew that I saw from Triple Canopy back in the day, man. Every one of those dudes all sleeved out, and mm-hmm. it's like, man, what you you spent all the money that you made over here on tats, man? Like, yeah, pretty much. That's just how those boys roll, man. Like they that's have how, more in yeah. tats than they do on their guns it's like it's like and they yeah, got some really nice right. hardware i spent all my money on ink and child support like, well, i believe it dude <laughs> damn <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, see, like, you, you see some of these these cats running around man you're just like bro how oh, do yeah. you live man like, like one of those animal. dudes one of those guys from triple canopy and um you know our uh, kept up with the guy for a little while. Like they, you know, it was when, before, before I made my decision to stay in the army for a little while longer, the first time, um, I was kind of keeping my options open for that world. And, um, so I kind of kept up with him for a little while. This dude had a giant, giant and talk about buyer's remorse, like probably, you know, a decade and a half later now you know but like he had this like right right in the the um in the inside of his arm in between his bicep and his forearm he had this giant jack daniels logo like jack daniels and like right in the center of his vein was was old number seven you know like i'm talking giant like probably the the middle of his bicep all the way down and it was just like this giant jack daniels friggin' label you talk about buyer's regret on that man like that did not age well you fast forward you know 15 years and you see like all the woke shit that jack daniels is doing he's probably like man give me give me a cheat like if that guy's even still alive man he you know he, he man he i don't know a lot of those guys those, yeah they probably didn't make those, it out of their 40s bro them dudes lived hard man they lived like that dude, that dude, he, he got that Jack Daniels logo. Cause you know, that dude's probably, he's probably been like, man, you know, like, like I could, I could shoot up some Jack Daniels. We'll see how that, that goes. Oh, I'm sure. You know, like everybody listening to this is probably like, Oh, what? You know, if they made it this long in a podcast, they're probably like, Oh my God, what? Yeah. What are like, we? Hour 33 in? Yeah. yeah. Like you, you have no idea, man. You have you, you, people. People really have no idea man, like, how hard some of these dudes live. Which is like they look. <laughs> these these are the kind of guys that that take the idea of I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, and they yeah. they take it like to the next level. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like me personally, I don't I don't fantasize about dying an old man. You know what I mean? Like, if I was to die in five seconds, I wouldn't be like, oh, no, this sucks so bad. It's like, no, man, I lived a good life. Like, I did what I could. But these dudes, like, no, they're like, they do not care. Nah. Do not care. They're here till they leave, man. That's it. And they're going full throttle. Yeah. 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 I mean, mean, yes. I mean, I, you know, high octane, full throttle all the time. Like I I had that point in my life, man. I I had that point in my life at at one point where I was just like, yeah, you know, 
like I was, I was convinced. I was convinced after my first deployment, I was convinced I was going to die on my second one. Like I wasn't, I wasn't coming back. We all were. And it was just like, you know, dude, we, when it, it's so, you know, we're, we're going back to that meat grinder. They were, we're going to burn it down. We, 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 we're going to absolutely burn it down. And, um, yeah, we did, man. And, and it, it was, it was wild. You know, like that, that was, that was rowdy, you know, but I couldn't, I don't know. I, like I, I, life, life changes, you know, and, and like some of us, some of us life changes for the better. Others, you know, regress and, and life don't, don't change for the better. It changes for the worse. But um, for me, it yeah. definitely changed for the better. And uh, you know, you, you kind of, you begin to look around at, at a lot of that behavior and you, you kind of want to get beyond that. You realize, because when you're, you're stuck in, in that moment, you don't really realize that like your, your life actually is something that's really precious. And, and, you know, you, you can, um, you know, you, you have something else to live for besides that. Like you're, you're so indoctrinated into that. Somebody told me, um, Yep. Later on down the road, like much later in life, um, we we were it, it was it was an academic thing, and we were talking about prisonization and like how you know inmates get socialized into their roles and like it, it's just and and like why why that's tied intimately to the recidivism rate because they that's all they know like they especially like if they get incarcerated at a young enough age. And, and for long enough, this is all these people know, man, like they don't know nothing else. And, and they're not, they're never going to break out of that culture truly because they, they can't like, it becomes a comfort zone for them. That's the way that unfortunately, like that, that's, that's how I rationalized, like, man, this, this is actually the culture that I was in. And I didn't even realize it. Like nobody yep. even realizes it. Like you, you're, you know, they, like they say like, Oh, Oh, the army's a cult. Right. You know, like that, that's partly true. Um, but you're, you're stuck in this, this, like you're, you're stuck in that prisonization. Like they, for no other, like, I can't really call it anything else. Cause that's the only term that I have for it, but you're stuck in that world. Like you don't, you don't get out of it, man. And, and for good and bad, like there's some good things, there's some good aspects to it too, like structure and everything that, that you have, but like, um, no, you do you, get stuck, man. It it, it really yeah. is like a different world. You know, you're like, I mean, I'm thinking right now back to when I was in for like, right after I re-enlisted, man, I was like totally immersed in being a soldier. Yeah. Totally yeah. immersed. And now I look back and I'm like, man, I was such a tool bag. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, oh man, what a joker, you know? Like, yes, it's just, it's different. Yeah. It's a totally different world. And yeah, man, like he... the guys in prison, man, like a lot of these dudes in inner city Baltimore getting locked up. That's just like another day. Like it doesn't phase yeah, them. Yeah, they're going back bit. home. Like they... Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, yo, what's up, man? Like, how you been? I haven't seen you in a minute. Like, that's what they're yeah. saying when they're walking through getting, going yeah. to their cell. Yeah, man, I, you know, like, all right, you're going, going to do another stint in the joint, 
eh, whatever. Yeah, they don't care. It's, Ten years, whatever. Well, Who cares? There's some there's some guys out there that like they need that. They 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 need that because there's there's structure there. There's mm-hmm. rigidity there. And like the world, the world outside of that's a really scary place because when you know when it, like when you're in prison they, there's there's one order there and everybody knows what it is and like you know you 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 have your your day like everything is structured as i mean the military is like that you know you, you yeah. everything is structured for you it's it's you, know, so you don't yeah and, and the world is a scary place man like when when it's it's everything's on you whether you succeed or fail bro that that's on you yeah. That's a scary thing. And, and, um, you know, you take guys that, that probably already had some, um, some, some social issues while they were in and, and, you know, they came into the army. I mean, at least I saw this, you have guys that come into the army that, that already, you know, they, they come from rough backgrounds. I mean, why, why do guys go into combat arms? You know, why do guys go in, in the infantry? Why do they do that? Knowing that you know your your whole existence, or at least it used to be as well. I can't say for now, but um, you know, used to be your whole existence was freaking shoot people in the face and break stuff. Like that, that's that's it. Yeah. That's what you're going there to do. Like you meat eating killer that you know lift weights and work out all day and shoot guns, and that's what you're there to do. Like you know. And who who do you get in that world? Like who succeeds in that kind of world? Guys that have rough upbringing, like they they come up rough, man. And so they yeah, they probably already, yeah. That's the know? biggest thing too. Yeah, is is losing that yeah. idea that like I'm not supposed to hurt people. Yeah, because I grew up yeah. like that, man. I was a Catholic school kid. They were like, no, no fighting, yada yada, man. When I got oh, yeah. in the army. Yeah. I mean, luckily, they kind of like broke us out in high school. They were like, hey, look, you know, sometimes it, it, it's okay to hurt people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when the time is right, yeah, you got to hurt some people. Right. Um, but when I got in the Army, man, there were some guys that they were just like not into it, man. We did the, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. What the hell is it? Not, it wasn't combatives or part of combatives, the pugil sticks. Oh, and man. Yeah. You're talking about a basic training where you yeah. put the football helmet on or whatever. Yeah. Dude, I beat the brakes off of this kid. I felt bad afterwards. I was like, dude, this guy didn't even try to hit me. And I was just like beating the shit out of this guy. <laughs> you know, he yeah, never even tried to hit me. Some yeah. people, yeah, it's just not in them. They just can't no, hurt people. It's nice. I mean, it's it's like putting a pit bull against a Pomeranian, man. It just ain't, just ain't happening. Yeah. You know, like That's he, true. he's... Pomeranian is not bred to be a fighting dog, man. It's, it's just not like some of these kids. It's just not. It's, it's just not in them, you know. And and you can see it. And and really, those a lot of those guys, like you know, you have people that join the army because they, they're trying to figure out who they are. Right. A lot of times, like they're, they're trying to figure out, you know, like who who am I? And, yeah. Same for all the services. Like trying to figure out who you are, you know, and and you're ser- in search of something. You're in search of an identity. And, um, you know, it, it's, but, you know, like in, in that world, man, it's very easy for people to get sucked into it and they, they kind of embody that role. And it's a real scary 
thing and a real scary prospect to be outside of it. And and then then it runs the the risk of you get so embodied in that role you don't ever break out of it. And that's where those contractors lay. Like them those cats, man. The you know at least the ones that we're talking about. You know the the um, that that whole security gig world of you know the the oga stuff and mm-hmm. you know title 50 like getting into that world it kind of murky into things man you know some of these dudes like like their their personal life like they're damn good pipe hitters but their personal life's freaking wreck and it ain't never gonna get fixed like no, no. like they're they, the kind of guys yeah. that like clay martin writes about <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> yes yes when you read yeah, his books man you're like yeah that that's yeah. the kind of dude that just like his his personal yeah. life's a wreck he's really good at his job because his job is just blow shit up got, and destroy man. things and, yeah. and shoot people that's all he's got man like yeah, yeah. like can't keep a girlfriend colonel Bennett doesn't have any family warlock you know the warlock i haven't read those yet i read when them. i listened to the podcast yeah from yesterday i was like all right yeah i definitely got to get these books for sure it's a the it is a the the warlock is is the the blueprint of how to how to keep america as the dominant power in the world right you know in, in a nutshell like this this is how to do this it's a i i would say it's a response to unrestricted warfare yeah. And I don't want to I I don't want to put words in, in uh, Colonel Bennett's mouth at, at all at all. I mean, because he's, you know, um, but but I would say that it, it's it is a response to unrestricted warfare. It is the antithesis to the thesis presented in, in unrestricted warfare. Right. From, from China. It, it is OK. You know, this is the game you guys are going to play. This is the game we're going to play. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, unfortunately, you know, I'll, I'll go on, I'll say the quiet part out loud, man. We're, we're not a serious country anymore. When, when no. we have like what we've discussed tonight, man, when, when we have our military, that's projecting it, its image outward to the world in the shape that it's. say the quiet part out loud that you know we're no longer a serious country we're not a serious country anymore you know i don't think that we have been a serious country for some time now uh our internal rot is is just really uh too much to surmount at this point and at, that's a man it's a really sad state of affairs. It's a scary state of affairs for a lot of people, myself included. But it's why we do what we do, man. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's that this is why, like, yeah, this is I didn't get into training people, and and I didn't build a, a business around it because you know, oh, it's this this was the I'm gonna magically be a wealthy guy or whatever. Like, you know, I'm I'm not running around with the latest grifter scheme. You know, hey guys, I'm gonna save the republic. Come join me. Like, no, man, I'm running out there training people and telling them, like, hey, this is how you do these real world skills. Because yeah. 
this is going to save your life. Like, you know, it's, it's whatever, like quit, quit with the, the notion of, you know, You know, this isn't how any of this stuff works. Like, you, you got to be building your local networks. You have to be building your local capabilities. And that's hard. Like, that's, that's a hard thing to that's do. It's really difficult to do. You know, but that's... Six years. Yeah. Look, you, you got to kind of get to the point where you just ignore whatever it is DC's doing. Like, just just chalk it up to, like, man, we can't... Dude, dude that's what I do every day. That shit. Yeah. I, I say it on SOL like every time we're on. Yeah. Everybody's talking about stuff, and I'm like, man, I read the headline. That's about it. You know what I mean? Like, look, it, yeah. in, until I see something going on, when I go down Main Street and I see something different, that's when I'll take notice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when I go down to work and I start seeing different stuff, because when I'm at work, you know, I, I work, uh, I guess it's no secret. I work in like the greater Baltimore area, kind of Maryland-ish. And I, man, I'm like constantly got my radios running. Yeah. And uh, there's still some municipalities that run uh, VHF for their dispatch. And I'll just kind of tune in just to see what's going on. And normally it's like, you know, so-and-so had a heart attack and or like, you know, there's a domestic here or whatever, just standard junk but yeah i mean that well that's the thing is like it's just standard junk so mm-hmm. when something changes i'll notice all this all this hoopla on the internet and, and the uh the national level stuff look don't get me wrong if you're if you follow my twitter account i troll it as best i can i'm not a great troll uh sometimes i get serious sometimes i'm just like goofing off <laughs> but <laughs> like you know, it, the, some of that stuff, man, like, I just, I don't even take it seriously. Nah. Like, the people that, pe- that there's some things that I can tell people get so wrapped around the act. They get so upset. They're legitimately, their day is ruined by something that someone said on the internet. And I'm like, dude, like, as the kids say, I learned this in the, in my boy scout troop one of the kids was like oh you know mr matt it's it's they say it's not that deep that's like the new thing is, it ain't that deep <laughs> ain't that deep, it's not man. it ain't that deep man it's not it, it's not that deep dude just because well, somebody said something dumb on the internet like first of all they were probably paid to say something that stupid there's like a good chance that they, that, that is exactly more. what they what's going on. They got paid there's to some, say something that's stupid. Yeah, some people, man. I I hope they got paid to be that stupid because and then it's like this if, cat that this out if there. If they today, didn't get paid, then just ignore them because like that means yeah. they're just damn Forrest Gump IQ and they're you don't even need to give them the time of day. Did you, did you see this cat? I, I don't know if you saw him. This, this guy with the the weird mustache. It's like talking about slings or something. Like, yeah, you don't need slings because that way, that way somebody can control your is, body is movement. That what it was? Let them have your gun. I, I couldn't even get that far. Like I, I just saw his mustache and I instantly. He said, like, no. "I'm not kidding you." No. He said, "If somebody, if you have a sling on and somebody grabs your rifle, they have control of you. So just let them have your rifle and then pull your sidearm." 
That was his argument. I'm like, bro, if if I got a gun, like, see, I did see the video, and I, and several people sent it over to me, and and it was uh, I didn't know it was the same guy, but there's some there's some nonsense of a dude throwing a rifle down and pulling a pistol, and I'm like, that's the same dude. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't hit me that it was the same. Somebody told me it was the same guy earlier today, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, this is this is the this may be this might be even dumber than Bodkin, and and Bodkin is bad. Like, I call him. I, I it's either Lucas Mulvaney or freaking Dylan Dylan uh, uh, Bodkin. He got in a little bit of a. Debate with somebody today, I think it actually was old Botkin saying he doesn't teach tactics and all that. And I was like, dude, this guy. Well, I hope not. You know, if you're doing any sort of movement, any sort of movement under arms, that's the employment of arms, which entails a tactic. Okay. It's, it does. I'm not here to shit on anybody, even though I, I mean, I am, but you know, this is what it is, man. Like, dude, just stay in your lane, man. Just stay, stay in your lane. Shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, you don't, you, you ain't gotta be nobody, no cool guy, freaking steely eyed killer to be teaching people how to do mag changes, you know, but leave it at that, man. You know, don't you don't need to be doing, especially not with guys that are the real deal. Like you, you don't you don't need to be running your mouth to them. Um, you know, because this this is not a community that takes well to to that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm just. I, I come at it from the interest of don't do things that are going to get you killed. Period. End of story. Like, full stop. And and whenever I see stupid shit, I, you know, we have a duty to point it out. Like, whoever this cat is with this mustache. If you throw your rifle down in a gunfight, you deserve whatever happens from that point forward. Like you, you deserve it. Like you, you earned it. You earned your treatment. Like whatever happens to you next, you earned it. Um, but hundred percent, I agree. Takes all kinds, oh, man. Damn. Oh, over the like dark. You sorry. Something too. Yeah, just stubbed the shit out of my pinky toe. That's, that's that ninja that was Phew, that ninja was hiding in the dark. Oh, I'm going to try not to cry on that one. Oh. That hurt real good. It's, 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 it's like the whole Trump DeSantis thing. Like today, today, dude, I was working on the farm. I was getting stuff done. It was outside. Dude, was, uh, you know, enjoying life. Got got a bunch of stuff for the store lined up. Bunch of bunch of business things done on my end and, and got outdoors 
And then all you know, I get home, and all of a sudden, apparently, like this whole Trump DeSantis thing is done blown up. I don't even care. I don't even care. And like people, Man, people for the next months, like matter. next. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. If people are going to be freaking out over this, that's not important, man. That's going to be the headline forever. All the conservative, all the quote, alt media, conservative news pundits, man, they're going to be hammering it. Oh, Trump or DeSantis, if you're in, you know, it's, and dude, it's, (laughs) I, I just, I don't know how else to explain it to people, man. We were talking about the Black Ribbons album before the show started, you know, like, Yep. This is another divide and conquer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not only are they splitting. Not. Yeah. But that's the thing, like we were saying earlier, like, even if it's not very few times has, has there been a mastermind plan for these, uh, these psyops, you know, cause they do exist. Most of the time it, it's organic crap that they just take advantage of and paint in a different light, you know? Like, uh, the Nazi flag thing. Yeah, like, that dude might have been, like, well, I don't think so. But let's say it was a real, like, it was straight out of American History X. But, like, that that's because the officer is, like, brainwashed to be like, oh, yeah, everybody needs to see that this was a Nazi flag. So he laid it out nice and flat for everybody to see. That in itself <laughs> is a psyop. You know what I mean? So, like... <laughs> This Trump DeSantis shit is the same thing. It's like, yeah, this probably did happen organically. But it's still being taken advantage of. So is it not the same? It it should be treated as the same as if it was a mastermind plan. And that's where I think people get a little mixed up. You know what I mean? Like they don't know how to treat certain things. It's like, no, 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 treat it the same. Treat it the same. If if they're taking advantage of it, if they're turning this into a propaganda campaign, treat it the same. Ignore it. Because that's the only way to beat it. (laughs) If you buy into it, you buy into it. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I was saying about how, uh, you know, the, the, what we have is in government. And this, this is how I break down the United States government. Like people, people get so caught up in this, like they, they want to find structure in things that, that don't have structure, but they, they're so desperate to find it. That that's human nature. Like that's a fundamental yep. flaw uh, because the, the reality is uh, from the sociological angle is that conservatives are structural functionalists. And so our brains are wired to find structure in all things. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we are looking for, that structure, even in answers that, that, you know, so that we can make sense of the world of why do these things occur? And so there has to be an answer for it. So you got to figure that out. Well, the problem is, is that there are some things that just occur that are unrelated to one another. And we're just in a perpetual state of reaction. And that's the thing that people have a very hard time dealing with. And that's why, you know, the, 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 United States government, the the senior executive service and and all of that is insulated at a very top level. And they're so out of touch with the rest of what's going on beneath them. Like, I I promise you, people like Feinstein because, you know, Diane Feinstein's been in the media a lot because he's literally death warmed over. I mean, this is that woman looks rough. 
This is this is Ruth Bader Ginsburg again, but even worse because you know Ginsburg. I'm pretty sure she was dead uh, for a significant amount of time before they finally said she was dead. I mean, uh, probably. Whatever. You know, it, I, I can't. Can I prove that? I don't know. Um, no, I, I mean, I can't. It, obviously, there's no way to prove that. But that's that's, that's an educated guess. Yeah, I mean, sure. you know, they can only hide somebody for so long before they're like, man, that cadaver is starting to stink. Uh, gotta gotta do something. Yeah. Um, and Feinstein's the same way. Like, you know, they but but there's there's a vested interest in California, and I would say by the Chinese as well, to keep her where she is because she's mm-hmm. definitely got uh the, some indisputable connections to the Chinese Communist Party. Barbara Boxer did as well. Um, you know, they they all do that that whole machine, the Democrat machine in California is all tied to it. And so, but they're, they're all working in the act of self-interest. And what they're not realizing is, is that at the street level, they've been overtaken by overt Marxists. Like they're, they're out in the open, they're overt Marxists. And they're taking control at the grassroots level of the party rapidly. And they instructed their, their own internal um, uh, uh, enforcement arm to turn a blind eye to this. That's what's happened. Yeah. And meanwhile, on the right, the 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 conservative, quote unquote, side of that of that apparatus, which is has agreed behind closed doors to play the fool to, you know, you get your turn and then we'll get our turn. And, you know, they always end up losing. It's, it's just the way that it is. And. Now, all of a sudden. You know, the, at the grassroots level, there's a there's a real right wing that is emerging, and they say, "Oh, we can't have that. Oh, we can't challenge it." And so, the last time that this happened was the Tea Party a decade ago. Yep. But that wasn't enough. That was not enough. That fizzled real quick. And it, it did because they they tried to work within the structure itself. Right. You know, it, it's. And, and that this is what I was saying, you know, and, and uh, right before we wrap up, this is what I was saying uh, back during the midterm elections was that all of the the um, conservative candidates out there that looked like they were winning and, and several of them did at the national level really, really need to be on their toes because staffers, well, they're inexperienced, number one. They, they, you know, whatever their experience level was at the street level, when they, they move up to the national stage, they're going to get compromised. And it's not going to be by themselves. Like, they're not the ones that are getting compromised. They, they'll, get, they'll compromise themselves anyway, eventually. But it's their staffers. Their staffers are the ones that are going to do something, get compromised, and they're going to be there to plant things. And, and that's, that's how the structure maintains itself. They, and, and that's yeah. the thing. That's when, when people say, oh, man, you know, how, did, how could uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene support McCarthy to be the speaker when we all know what McCarthy is? Because she got wrapped up in the life up there. And there's, there's something. Right. There's there's a reason they all end up getting divorced. Yeah. All end up getting divorced, man. Every single one of them. Yeah. Every Lauren Bobart. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know. and that is sad because, like, yep. well, I mean, look at Project Veritas too. It's never the the big oh, dog yeah. that they get on camera. It's always the media or like whatever. Like you said, it's a staffer that just has a big mouth, and all you got to do is put a couple of drinks in them, and it all comes out. George Papadopoulos. George Papadopoulos. Anybody remember him from the Trump administration? He's the one that sparked all the stuff with General Flynn. Mm -hmm. It was him. And it was was because... And he didn't do anything wrong. That was the other thing. He didn't do anything wrong. But he wasn't smart enough. He did make a mistake. He wasn't smart enough to realize he was walking into a trap. He was naive. Yeah. These people play dirty. You know, they're going to, they will hold on to their power no matter what. These people play dirty. Oh, and, they're going to come know. in looking like your best friend and they're going to talk mm-hmm. and they're going to say all yep. the right things. And yep. yeah, next thing you know, they got you, you know, yep. At, at a, 0.09 you know what i mean like <laughs> mm-hmm. they get you just tipsy enough and then you start talking my buddy man he's in politics and mm-hmm. he's like dude i haven't had a drink of alcohol in eight years he's like <laughs> won't drink it and i was like why is that he's like dude because like here's what happens is i go to one of these parties next thing i know i'm like streaking naked down the street because somebody slipped some meth into my drink you know, like, and that that's how it goes. That's what they do. They drug each other, make each other do all kinds of wacky, dumb stuff, and then take pictures and videos, and they're like, oh, hey, we got you last night doing all this dumb shit. And you're like, yeah. oh, man, I don't, I don't remember doing any of that. You know, it's like, well, yeah, because we slipped meth into your drink, but now we got you on camera doing all this stupid shit. So here you go. Mm-hmm. Do what we say, or, and most people go along with it, you know. So that's why he was like, yeah, he's like my, uh, he's like, I was a staffer for somebody and they let me in like, Hey, once you get in the political game, you just got to stop drinking. No more smoking. Like got to go dry. That's how it is, man. It's the swamp. That's what they do. It's, it protects itself somehow, somehow, but you know, on the plus side again, to, to echo the fact, this is why we do what we do, folks, is, is to get all of you out there prepared because we know what that side of the coin looks like, all right? And and this, this is how you're focusing on local-level skills, local-level politics, understanding the, the, the actual attack service, making sense of what you can control, what you can't, and sifting out what you can't, rather. Um this, this is where it is, right? This is the path forward, you know? And, and it, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And it's going to get a lot harder, a whole lot harder before it gets easier, right? But just understand that what you do today is laying the groundwork for your children, your grandchildren, and all the generations that follow. Like, it matters. What you're doing today, how you set things up today matters for the future. You know, and, and, and your ancestors, like I said uh, this week, your ancestors are watching you right now. They're watching you. If, if you're a person of faith, 
as I am, as Madman is, you know, when 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 we know that our we, we don't just believe it, we know it that our ancestors, grandparents, great grandparents, you know, uh, my dad, they're there watching us. They're proud of what we do, and they want to see us succeed. You know. It's, it's an important thing. It's an important perspective to have, and it grounds you. And that's why we do what we do. It's the foundation of everything. You know, so with that said, man, Madman, it is always good to just have a one-on-one, man. We got to do it more often. We do. We got to do it more often, man. It is fun. We went two hours, man. It doesn't even seem like 30 minutes. Quick, dude. And we were BSing for like an hour before the show. I know, I know, man. We're like, hey, we did it, dude. We were talking night vision and fun Everything. stuff that's on the horizon for the brushbeater dot store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, All like the things good stuff. You, things you know about, but the general public don't. Because I can tell you, <laughs> I can't tell everybody. I'd rather just wow people. I'd rather. And I'm just keeping like, my mouth shut. Secret, it's top secret. But just top be like, secret, bam, no all this stuff. You can be like, oh wow, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm this stoked. Gonna be. Look, it takes stuff. a lot to get me excited, and I'm I'm pretty excited. You know, I'm dead serious, man. When I say, when when you know, whenever it is that they say like, you know, oh, this is the most armed population on earth in America or whatever, like, okay, that's cool. Um, you know, I want to make America the most trained population on earth, you know, in, in all things, not just firearms. That's only one dimension. I guess only one dimension, man. Like, okay. They, that is what they is or that is what it is. You know, and 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 there's there's a lot of great firearms trainers out there. You know, it, it's that's you know that that it, it's awesome. But the, all those other skills, all those other skills cannot be neglected. All right, communications, intelligence, you know, sustainment skills, survival skills, all you know, the bushcrafting, everything, man, everything, everything is so doggone important. You know, and what you're doing today is going to set that groundwork up for later on down the road, right? All that stuff that you're doing later on down the road. And, and, you know, now with the success of the gorilla's guide to the Balfang radio and the gorilla dispatch volumes one and two, I'm able to expand what we're doing. And I want to make you the best equipped populace on the face of the earth too. Um, you know, starting with communications, but that ain't an end point. And I'm just telling you the horizon is bright, real bright. And I am real I'm bright. So, <laughs> so excited. And it's crazy too when you, you know, all these companies want to come out of the It is pretty doggone impressive to see where this is going. But anyway, with that said. Folks, God bless all of you. Madman, thanks, brother, for being in here. It's an honor Kicking to be back. on, as always. Yeah, man. Oh, wait, the honor's all mine, brother. The nah, honor's all nah. mine. <laughs> but have a wonderful remainder of the week. 
and I will talk to you again very, very soon. God bless the Sensi Scout.